Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that last tale. Unfortunately for us, it wasn't quite long enough to fill our time slot, but never fear, or rather, always fear, because the slanted hallway always provides us with gifts of terror. It is a truly magical thing the way the slanted hallway can allow us to look deeply into other worlds and other times. What strange universes lie undiscovered in some far-off nook? Some forgotten drawers where you put some batteries only to discover that, what's this? That's right, the batteries are already dead. Today, we will be using the great telescope of the slanted hallway to look deep into space, an infinite place of infinite possibilities, according to the marketer who told us to do more space stuff, and journey to a distant galaxy wherein lies two planets quite close by and quite similar to our own Mother Earth. They are very similar, in fact. Natural listener, they have their differences. For example, on one, Africa is slightly farther away from the Middle East, making the Suez Canal a popular destination for party cruises. And on the other, there is no New Zealand, or if there is, it's not on any map I've ever seen. The first planet we shall be looking at stopped advancing at the midpoint of our First World War. Forever they are trapped in a world of empires and colonies, browning automatic rifles, and slow-moving tanks. This we have called World War One World. The second planet stopped developing at the midpoint of our Second World War. They are forever trapped in a world dominated by fewer empires and more colonies, browning automatic rifles and slightly faster moving tanks. This shall forever be known as World War II World. These two far-off planets would be of no interest to anyone if not for the fact that the slanted hallway has gifted them with rockets and allowed them to travel freely to each other. Not long after this, conflict began. We now present to you the war of World War I World versus World War II World. It all began one night in late July, when World War I World's Archduke Franz Ferdinand was hanging out with his good buddy Adolf Hitler, somewhere along the German-Polish border. The two shared laughs and drinks and took pictures with the Archduke's wife while on a picnic when all in a sudden, and without the slightest hint of provocation, World War II World's Poles launched a series of terrorist attacks aimed directly at the picnic. World War II World Hitler escaped unharmed, but the Archduke was struck by a room-temperature potato and fell to the ground writhing in agony. Hitler had no choice but to put him out of his misery. The Archduke's wife suffered a similar fate when she was bayoneted to death. But history does not remember that. There began the greatest conflict in the history of the known and unknown universe, probably. World War I world would sharply rebuke World War II world for allowing the Polish to have their own country. World War II world replied that they would soon be taken care of it if they were allowed the opportunity. Switzerland very quickly declared neutrality, and both Belgiums began preemptively breaking their own windows. World War I World declared war in mid-August and believed, as all World War I Worlds believe, that the war would be over by Christmas, not realizing that World War II World, in a cruel twist of space fate, was Jewish. Millions of men of World War I World enlisted, and World War II World begrudgingly readied their nuclear arsenal. 
Within days, the first rockets left both planets, and both Belgiums were swiftly occupied by the advancing German war machines. Incidentally, both sides had German war machines, a device that has thankfully not been developed on our own planet. In the first week, both French armies agreed that Hyper Yellow is not the best uniform choice when fighting a modern war, and the Germans settled in for some good old-fashioned marauding. It was not long before the inevitable happened, and in World War II world began advanced bombing raids thanks to their substantially larger, heavily armored, and more fuel-efficient bombers. Thousands of Sopwith camels and triplanes were ripped to shreds by the powerful flow of air that streamed from the back of World War II world's engines. The Red Baron died shortly before his first sortie when his airfield was destroyed by a V-2 and millions of American doughboys were killed in their transports by U-boats. It is a great shame that World War I world had neither sonar nor radar, for if they had, they might have been able to detect the Spitfires and Zookers hours before their wing-mounted Browning automatic rifles bloodied the American light cavalry. And lest I forget the poor Strumpanzerwagen, which, while fine in our own World War I, quickly fell victim to the craters formed by crashing B-17s. In the end, the war lasted only as long as it took World War II world to partially mobilize. The treaty imposed on World War II, whoops, one world, was harsh beyond anything seen ever before, and the economy of the planet was devastated. Whole wheelbarrows full of cash couldn't buy a loaf of bread, and what's more, there were no loaves of bread to buy, only bags of flour dyed brown with tea. World War II world forced World War I world to scale back its armies to a mere defense force, and its Rhineland was occupied. This treaty, harsh as it was, ultimately brought an end to conflict in that portion of the galaxy. Forever. The end. Question mark? I hope you enjoyed that story, listeners. It was one I thought up during the broadcast and couldn't help but share with you. Sure, it meant we missed out on the ending of whatever it was we were broadcasting, but I think it's a justifiable loss. Join us next week for War of the World War One World vs. World War Two World War Part Two, the Second World War One World vs. World War Two World War of the Worlds. Good night and pleasant nightmares. <laughs>